Hello, and welcome to the LMA podcast featuring thought-provoking conversations with legal marketing and business experts. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello, you are listening to the Strategies Live podcast, where we look at subject matters and issues affecting legal marketers and the work we do. My name is Natasha Tucker, Director of Business Development Operations at Bennett Jones. I oversee all proposals and pursuits, looking at the metrics and reporting related to that, and support the operational side of getting information to clients. I have been working in this field for over 20 years and have worked in many different industries and have been fortunate to live in many different countries. Today, I am joined by Chandler Lozon, who also works for Bennett Jones as the Senior Director of Business Development and Client Success and is past president of the LMA Eastern Canada chapter. And he's the current co-chair of LMA's Member Engagement Committee. Chandler, a former lawyer, has switched into more of a business consulting role, helping experts sell their services and maximize value in their client relationships. Thanks, Natasha. Very kind introduction and uh, really pleased to join you today. Um, uh, Looking forward to our conversation. I'm looking forward to it as well. So a warm welcome to those of you who are tuning into Strategies Live for the first time. This podcast series coincides with the subject matter that's featured in Strategies and Voices, LMA's official online publication. You can visit the site at strategiesandvoices.org. In July and August, content is focusing on marketing management and leadership. In today's conversation, we will talk about what it takes to be a great leader in the legal marketing world, leadership styles, and we will entertain you with amusing stories where we got it wrong and learned from our mistakes. I was once told that a truly great leader is hard to find, difficult to leave, and impossible to forget. Chandler, can you recall someone that has had a great leadership style that really inspired you and what was it about them that resonated with you? Uh, thanks, Natasha. Yeah, I, I have been, since moving over to the services side of, of legal practice, I, I have been extraordinarily lucky to have some really great leaders, mentors, managers along the way. And, and that would include my leaders on the law firm BD side, all of whom I would point out were, were exceptionally talented women along the way in my journey in a profession that's you know still overwhelmingly male. And, and those people all sort of imparted on, on me things that I sort of needed at that point in my journey. My first CMO, I remember, was to help me make the transition to the services side of practice and, and the legal services sector and, and help me utilize my understanding of that world to make inroads with partners, to, to lift all boats, if you will, uh, amongst my team. My second CMO uh, at, at another firm was, was formerly a GC at a very large and significant global company. From her, I learned a whole lot about being the voice of the client, um, how to articulate our value as legal service providers in, in ways that clients and businesses understand, and how to develop discipline in a law firm around sales methodology, and, and, and then how to model all that in a way that was, was, was you know, accretive to, to culture change and change management. And then now at Bennett Jones, I've got a CMO who has, uh, is unwaveringly loyal to her team. And, and models behaviors, I think, that, that set the team up for success in their own right. All of our team, I think, from the most junior to the most senior, is encouraged to get FaceTime with partners, is encouraged to offer up ideas and solutions, 
uh, and lead within their own portfolio. So, so the underlying message here, I guess, is I've taken things from all of the people that I, I've worked with as, as leaders and apply those things in my own way with my own style. So Natasha, what about you? Well, Chandler, like you, I have worked for quite a variety of people, men and women with many different styles, not always that nice. And I don't want to age myself, but I did start um, my very first job at a time when women did get patted on the bottom by um, men. And uh, there we are, run along little woman. But the very first person who who really took me under their wing was uh, this gentleman who was a director of corporate development. And what I really liked about him is that he shared information with me. He was really inclusive. He took me to meetings. He valued my opinion and perspective, especially as I was a, a young woman in a male environment. He actually listened. And what I really valued from this particular man is that he gave me constructive feedback. Of course, I thought I knew everything at you know, 22 or whatever it was, um, but he he was very good at course correcting in a, in a supportive way. And so they, he would say to me, oh, Natasha, next time perhaps uh, try this approach or you know, it would really benefit you if you did this thing, rather than telling me, no, that wasn't right, uh, don't do it. He was, he was much better at giving the, uh, the constructive feedback. So that is something that I've tried to take into my leadership roles where it's hard telling people that they're not doing something how in the way that you would do them, but that's where constructive feedback is always beneficial to say, you know, you did a you know great job, and but what could have made it even better is if you would consider doing da-da-da. So that's uh, that was really my leader. Um, so on to the next question. Uh, we have been working together for quite a while now. And I notice that you have a very coaching leadership style. Was it always this way, even as a lawyer rather than a marketing leader? And what have you learned along the way? Yeah, I think it's certainly been an evolution. I, I think I'd point to two things that maybe have, have informed that approach. One is uh, giving myself permission to really lean into uh, my preferred style of interaction with people. I learned, I think, as a young lawyer that I didn't love large group settings. I didn't love cocktail parties. I don't like big golf outings. But but what I do like, and I, and I build very meaningful connections, is in more one-to-one or small group kinds of interactions. And so, you know, over coffee, over lunch, over drinks, that chance meeting in the hall, I find those give me energy more so than your settings. And so, you know, giving myself permission to do that and accentuate my strengths and and network the way... Uh, and lead the way that was most comfortable to me. That's not to say I rule out those things, but but I I, I pivot towards areas where I think I'm stronger, and that's that one-to-one interaction. And it's a lesson I try to impart to my team and to to the young lawyers that I work with is that there's more than one way to to network and build relationships sincerely and effectively. The second I think is is you know you talked about inclusiveness. You, you know you have to find a way to to find comfort and 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 confidence in the notion that if your people shine and your people succeed uh, and they get the glory for that success, that's the reward, right? As I think as a leader, as a manager, your job is to set people up for success, put them in positions that accentuate their strengths, acknowledge that your answer doesn't have to be the right answer all the time, empower them to make good decisions, empower them to act on those decisions and, and advise them of the pitfalls, right? And then as much as you can, 
get out of the way. And, and if they struggle, you know, you lift them up, you, you get in the way of any negativity, you help them learn. But by and large, it's, you know, hire good people, empower them to do their jobs well and get out of the way um, is sort of my approach. And I think those two things in large part inform my approach to coaching, leadership, managing people. I, I couldn't agree more. That's, uh, that's excellent. I, I love the way that you've uh, phrased that. Now, you've mentioned that you've taken bits from past leaders and that you're kind of learning. And I feel and believe that we all learn through trial and error. What is something that you did as a marketing leader you felt was a mistake and don't want to do again? Yeah, trial and error is a good phrase. There's been a lot of trial and probably a lot of error. Um, I've stepped in it more times than I could probably count in, in 16, 17 years on this side of the business. I can remember, I remember one partner who, who at a previous stop really tore my head off uh, for having the temerity, if you will, to suggest that perhaps having a key client plan for his very key high revenue client would make the, the service team, you know, organized, accountable, et cetera, et cetera. He delivered a very colorful soliloquy and monologue to me about my role in the firm. Uh, and I remember thinking to myself, it was going on so long. We were on the phone and I thought, I wonder if I just hang up, how long it will take this person to notice that I'm no longer listening. Th that one was certainly an anomaly, thankfully, but I would say the sort of blanket lesson from, from the many missteps over the years is, is this, you know, be accountable and do what you can to make it right. I think most people, lawyers included, would, are, are pretty understanding, you know, if you go to them and, and preferably in person to sort of say, hey, you know, I, I could have done better on this one. And here's what we're going to do to try and make it right. Chances are you're going to be your own worst critic, right? And, and most of the time when you go directly to talk it out with people, you're going to get some variation of, you know what, it's cool. Don't worry about it. Or it's not that big a deal. So, you know, I think if you as the leader, um, you know, recognize, acknowledge that something has gotten messed up, whether it's on a project, whether it's in your dealings with your team, you know, it's your responsibility to, to take the initiative to, to sort it out, make it right, and, and deal with it kind of in real time as much as possible. Natasha, I know you've been in a, in a variety of professional environments. I'm sure you've got some good stories uh, about missteps and lessons learned along the way. Oh, yes, I, I constantly get it wrong, but I, I try to hide that very quickly. <laughs> um, no, well, I, I have many stories, but my biggest one is about not making any assumptions. So this is this is a true story. And this poor lady, if you're still out there, I do apologize. But she um, so I was about maybe 25 in my kind of second job managing um, older people. And I say she was an older lady. She's only like 38, so not even old at all. But to me, in my 20s, she's ancient. And um, so she, everyone else on my team, they had kids they had to pick up from daycare or they had some school thing they had to go to or whatever. They were always running off. And that was fine because they've got kids. So that's very important. But this, this particular lady didn't have any children. And so um, because she was in the office, I was always assigning her tasks to do kind of later and over and above. And, um, you know, and she would always take them on very dutifully. And but but one day she took me aside and she did say, Natasha, do you realize you're assigning me all these extra tasks, whereas other people leave at, say, four o'clock in the afternoon to go and pick up their kid from school? I am still here till five. Now, we did have sort of flexi time. 
but I hadn't really thought about that. And then she said to me, you know, just because I don't have children and therefore I don't have a deadline to go and pick up someone or, or get someone somewhere, doesn't mean that um, I am, you know, can work all the hours there are. I have a life outside of, of work. And actually she said this to me and I'm so embarrassed because I'm like, oh, I hadn't considered that you have a life, how dare you? So that, that was, she said it in such a nice way to make me realize that actually I had assumed that she wanted to work late and because she had nothing else in her life, um, you know, she's quite happy to take on these tasks, but I was very wrong. So from, from that time onwards, I've always tried to treat everyone that I've managed equally. And it doesn't matter to me whether you're a cat mum, a dog mum, uh, you know, parent, no children, you do the same work and it should be assigned fairly. And that was a, a good lesson for me really early on. So Chandler, we, we've talked about all of my mistakes, which have been plentiful and uh, linking from those mistakes. How about things that you've learned to um, model behaviors? You know, Chandler, what, what are the most important values you feel leaders should demonstrate and why? Yeah, I, I, there's a few things I've, I've got here. I, I think the first is empathy. And I think in particular, that became acute over the last couple of years in terms of what we've been dealing with in this pandemic and so forth. You know, it really revealed, I think, you know, that, that people are sometimes in different places on big, important life stuff like, hey, we're in the middle of a global pandemic or, hey, I've got to adapt how I work or, hey, I've got to adapt how I interact with my family. Um, I've got aging parents. I've got children. I've got this. I've got that. You know, just just having that acceptance and that that empathy for people's varying and different situations, finding solutions that that work for the team and for the individual, uh, in a way that is you know empathetic to where people are at, is I think really really critical. And I think that became much more clear over the last couple of years. Uh, number two is one that you know you raised earlier is inclusiveness. Again, I come back to that notion that you know not every answer has to be your answer. Um, you know, the wisdom of the crowd, the wisdom of the group, getting people together to talk things out and, and leaving with the best answer, right? And, and leaving united behind the best answer is, is really, really an important aspect of working in a team and, and making people feel that sense of belonging. And then the, the third one I would sort of say, this is more, more particular to law firms, is, is sort of a strategic mindset, you know, modeling for the team what strategy is versus tactical. We, you know, on legal legal marketing side are, are constantly sort of inundated with, hey, I need this right now, or here's this thing I need, partner X, and, and resetting to the broader strategy, resetting to the broader firm objectives is sometimes important. Yeah, sometimes we get taken off, the, off that by, by tactical stuff. But resetting to that notion of, hey, there is a bigger picture here, there are bigger, broader objectives that we need to meet is, is I think, a, a key piece for uh, effective leadership in, in our environment. Well, well, thank you. I, I love those three, especially empathy. That really sort of resonates with me. And what you've said so far just makes uh, total sense and, and definitely something that I'll reflect upon. But to close out this podcast with one final question. What advice would you give to your younger self or others out there who are starting on their leadership journey? Uh, I think at the risk of sounding like I just stepped out of a TED talk, uh, I would say be your authentic self. You know, here in 2022, I would say that we are approaching, hopefully, an inflection point in our profession. The template of what is the ideal lawyer, what is the ideal law firm professional, 
I think is, is finally starting to be dismantled a little bit. Um, you know, after 30 years of kind of talking about it, we are as a profession starting to actually do some things in relation to inclusion, finally living all that talk about diversity of background, diversity of opinion. So, so my advice to my younger self is be, be more you much earlier in your career. Don't pretend to like music you don't actually like. Don't pretend to like social activities you don't actually like. If you don't like hockey and you live in Canada, that's okay. Um, you know, and, and so tell people about you, be you, tell them what you really did on the weekend, tell them about the stuff you do with your friends, your family, your cultural community. Um, and, and I, I say that because I think the very best people that you work with over your career will react and say things like, that's cool. Tell me more about that. And, and so, no, look, I, I sit here as, as a, you know, uh, a cis white male. And I don't pretend to know how tricky the advice of be your authentic self can be for people who maybe don't present like me. Fair enough. But I would say now, you know, in the position of leadership, what I hope I'm doing is, is modeling supportive behaviors for people who are on that journey. Because I know I wish I had the courage to be more of myself a lot earlier in my career. So that's my advice to my younger self. Natasha, what about you? Oh, it's, it's so funny you talk about authentic self because uh, a few years ago I got invited to a um, poker and cigar night. Now, this is tricky for me because I don't smoke and I don't gamble. And if it had been shoe shopping with wine, I would have been right there and I would have loved it. Uh, but I went to this night because I wanted to join in and be inclusive and I've been invited. But uh, I had quite a miserable time, actually, and I, I really wish now I hadn't gone. But um and I think if I'd taken your advice a few years ago, I would have said, Natasha, just stay home. It probably would have been better. <laughs> For me, I think it's about being curious, asking questions and not being embarrassed to say that you don't know, because you can't possibly know everything all the time. Um, so, again, maybe because I'm British and nosy, but I, I'm just very interested in people. I'm interested in things. So asking questions, uh, like you say, be inclusive. If I'm going to um, a client event or something, I'd like to take someone with me, uh, firstly, because it's very boring on your own. But secondly, then you're introducing that person to other people and then you're expanding their network as well as your own. Obviously, don't make assumptions. I've made a lot of those over the years and uh, it's good just to try and have an open mind about things. But my biggest one, if I was to tell myself, my younger self, was to communicate frequently and with thoughtfulness and purpose because sometimes things aren't communicated enough or they're over communicated or they're communicated very poorly so um communication is is the key so that it, it rules out all the misunderstandings so yes my my younger self would get a lot of advice from me actually <laughs> but there's there we are good, there's a lot of good stuff in that um i the, the pieces that pulled out were you know acknowledging when you don't have the answer we work in an environment where not having the answer at your fingertips uh, is, is sort of frowned upon and lawyers are very uncomfortable not knowing answers in the moment. Um, and, and that communication piece, you, you know, you and I know very well how often we get the one line email from a partner that says, can I have this thing without any kind of elaboration, any sort of context as to why that request is coming in. So good advice all around there. Oh, thanks for that, Chandler. Yes, I, I totally agree with, with everything you say, you know, advice to your younger self. Oh. Only, you know, it's so important to <laughs> reflect on what you've learned so far. 
So in closing, I'd like to thank you, Chandler, for joining. And for you out there, please be sure to read the articles featured on Strategies and Voices at strategiesandvoices.org. And if you aren't already, be sure to subscribe to the LMA podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud and rate and review our episodes. Please rate this one very highly. Um, Thank you for joining us today. Till next time. That concludes another installment of the LMA podcast. To discover all that LMA has to offer, visit legalmarketing.org. For links to content featured in this episode, please check out the show notes. If you like the podcast and want to help others find us, we hope you'll take the time to subscribe to it and rate us on iTunes. Thank you and have a great day.